So up next is Adam. Adam is the founder of the Life Hacker Guy. So he's an entrepreneur who moved from the UK to Malaysia with his wife and two sons. They're enjoying the weather, the water, and extended time with his wife's family. So tune in. Don't miss this interview. Welcome to the Are We Home Yet podcast, where we talk to expats about what it's like living abroad, and they tell their stories, whether it's the struggles, the joys, falling in love, raising a family, managing a business in another country, and maybe still searching for that place they will one day call home. This is a place where you can listen, the guest and host will share, and maybe we'll all learn from these stories that we're all connected in what home means to each of us. I'm your host, Jalila Clark. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome back to the Are We Home Yet podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Adam. How are you? Hey, Jalila, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Um, so how's it going there? You're in Malaysia. How is it there? Oh, it's, uh, it's great. It's actually nighttime here, but it's still really, really hot. And uh, that's one of the main reasons we moved. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so how long have you lived there? And like, you know, what, what prompted you to move there? Well, it's, uh, it's been about five and a half years so far. My, my wife's actually from Malaysia. So this was the reason we we chose Malaysia in the first instance, but it was actually me that wanted to move here and not my wife. My wife mm-hmm. was quite happy living in the UK, mm-hmm. and I just thought it was a good uh, good experience to move here. We've got two young kids; mm-hmm. uh, they can be nearer the uh, their in laws, and we we can enjoy everything that Malaysia has to offer. Okay, and so like I haven't had the fortune of visiting yet, but you know what? Like, tell us about like the food, the people, the 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 environment, the the culture. Yeah, uh, tell us all about it. Oh, I mean, it's it's great, especially as uh, as an expat, because you can experience the benefits of the sort of east versus the west. Mm-hmm. So where we live, we live in Penang. So there's sort of a thriving expat community. Mm-hmm. Plus, you've got you know the influence of like the Chinese Malaysian, the Indian Malaysians, and the Malays. Mm-hmm. So you have sort of three um, three uh, races that you can actually um, you know it, integrate and actually enjoy all the benefits from the food, from the different cultures. Uh, there, there are a ton of holidays here because of the three different uh, cultures. Um, so actually, uh, that's actually pretty good if you're employed here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, the food's great. The weather is amazing. I, I, I really like living in a hot climate, um, living in the UK, you see a lot of gray sky, but here, you know, every day it's sunny day. And actually if it rains, it's actually quite, quite nice to see the rain. So it's, uh, yeah, it's great. And you, you have. Um, a nice outdoor lifestyle so we have a swimming pool and you can go to the beach and you can eat 24 hours a day which is not so good for your stomach but uh, okay (laughs) okay yeah you've moved there and you've been there for you know a few years now and you lived in the UK like is this the first country you lived you know abroad so like the first country like besides the UK or or like have you lived in other places 
Yeah, it's actually the first time I left the UK was backpacking back in 1998. Mm-hmm. And I actually just fell in love with Asia then. Mm-hmm. And I, I traveled all around for about a year, sort of two years on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, I was from that point, I actually was keen to, to actually live uh, in Asia. But the, the challenge was actually having a job uh, where I could work online or I could move to a country and set myself up and know that for any reason, if it didn't work out, I could move back to the UK and I would still carry on doing what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, after the experience of backpacking, I moved back to the UK and then I sort of learned how to do sort of IT work and do sort of programming. And then I continued traveling and I lived in Munich in Germany for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, my ex-girlfriend was there. So I, I sort of moved from London to live, live with her for a year. Then um, unfortunately didn't work out. So then after that, I moved back and I lived in Chiang Mai in Thailand for about mm-hmm. 10 months. Mm-hmm. So, um, and the only reason I moved back from there to the UK was because I'd met my now wife in the UK. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it's quite funny that I moved to Thailand and moved back because uh, my sort of girlfriend then was Malaysian living in London. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so quite, quite funny. But um, yeah, I mean, for about 25 years, I've been trying to leave the UK and settle in Asia. And there's always been either work I've what I felt that I've needed to sort of retrain and be able to work independently online mm-hmm. um, or it's because of circumstances where I've, I've sort of moved back for work or, or, or a partner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. and so you know you've lived in quite a few places so so you know tell us like what have been like the struggles and joys of being an expat yeah, the um, I mean, the biggest thing is is um, it, it, obviously once you've sorted out a visa, I mean that that can be challenging. I mean, mm-hmm. back in the day, obviously in Thailand, the visa was was tricky. Uh, now it's it's easier to get sort of a longer term visa in in Asia in general, mm-hmm. um, especially with the growth of sort of digital nomads and, and entrepreneurs who can, who can pretty much work from anywhere. Um, the challenges of getting set up and obviously con- making contacts with with uh, you know people who live there, other expats, and actually even like locals really. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found really really useful is uh, co working uh, places. Mm-hmm. So when I uh, I mean back when I I, I lived in Chiang Mai, uh, co working wasn't really a thing, and even digital nomads wasn't really a thing back in. 2004 but but now pretty much any sort of city you go to in asia you can find co-working spaces so you can go and pay for a week or or even a day or a month and work there and meet sort of local like entrepreneurs um and that's a really really uh great thing to do because you can network with them who then obviously tell you about other other people working there and also help with obviously moving accommodation and yeah everything medical bills everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay and so you know so so when when you decided that you were going to move to Malaysia from the UK you know you mentioned like your wife wasn't really keen on it but then I wonder like I mean did you have family and friends saying hey why are you doing this like did you have like any mm-hmm. negative feedback 
I, I a lot of my friends and family knew that I wanted to live in Asia. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just uh, obviously you can imagine my 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 parents, uh, well yeah, my sister were disappointed because we just had our second child. And actually, my my son was just four months old when we moved. Mm-hmm. So it was it was um, yeah a little daunting getting mm-hmm. sort of sort of moving across with these, such a young young kid, but. Um, mm-hmm. But because we, we it really helped. We we travelled. Obviously, my wife's from Malaysia, so this really really helped anyway. But mm-hmm. we travelled here every year to see the family for sort of two, three, four weeks every year. So we we sort of knew we knew a little bit about where we're moving. So that mm-hmm. that really helped. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've tried to push the to the friends and family they've got an excellent location for a holiday now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, obviously when uh, things settle down uh, then uh, more people will come and visit how have you like reconciled like you know being not being able to really travel with ease like we all used to you know before covid and you know how how do you go about keeping in touch with them making sure those connections stay strong yeah, I'm I'm using um, I'm FaceTime mm-hmm. every other day. I'm on FaceTime with you know friends and family. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's been interesting that uh, with with family it's fine. It, what I do notice though is obviously the time difference can be challenging, mm-hmm. and and this is really challenging actually with with work as well because most of my sort of calls are to the US and with a time difference can be anything from 12 to 16 hours here. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of early morning, late night sort of calls. So that's challenging. But in the UK, the time difference is seven to eight hours. So it's fine. But I speak to my my parents of every every two or three days. So so we're keeping good contact there. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It, it is challenging. Uh, my parents used to come every year to visit. In fact, my dad used to stay with us for three months every year. So that's, uh, yeah, we're really keen to get him over. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully this year. <laughs> okay. So then I'm speaking to you because, you know, you, you have this business, but the business you had mentioned to me before we started um, really is based in America. So, you know, before we even get into all of that, um, like what did you used to do before in the UK? And, you know, is this the same thing that you, you were able to like carry over to Malaysia? Yeah. In the, in the UK. So for 20 years, I, I was um, trying to work for myself. So I actually learned how to do programming and develop mm-hmm. websites. Mm-hmm. And when I was in the UK, I could develop a, sort of a, a base of clients that I used to do work for. So that, that's been useful because from there we did, you know, I set up a business with a friend of mine in the UK. We did sort of digital marketing sort of services. Mm-hmm. And we, we worked with um, a few supplement companies so that that really gave me a good foundation in in understanding how to produce supplements of mm-hmm. uh, you know health supplements so that's when i uh, when i came over to malaysia i was still involved in the uk business but it became clear that that was quite tricky i mean we had staff in the uk and i was living here so it ended up we uh, my business partner and i we sort of had a commercial divorce if you like Mm-hmm. And um, he sort of he bought me out of the business, so that left me sort of 
sort of free to sort of do what I wanted here. And at the time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But it was only when I I was sort of looking for a health product myself, because many years ago, I, I suffered from chronic fatigue syndrome. Mm-hmm. So basically, I, I did too much exercise and that affected my immune system. So I was sick quite often. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking for different products. So I, I looked at these greens products that you can see and and it was so expensive to send them here. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, the products I looked at, I wasn't really too impressed with. Those were something that was missing. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I, I know how to make, I know how, well, I know how to make a supplement. You know, I can contact manufacturers in the US and I can look at whether it's possible to make my own. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I did in the end. So I used my sort of my development and programming skills to do the website the e-commerce side and and then we used you know I was speaking to a manufacturer in the US to make the supplement and and that's sort of how it sort of started but it it Mm. was it was more to see right would this work really I mean this is a product I want to take is it actually going to be a sort of a commercial uh uh, is it viable you know commercially Mm. So yeah, um, in within about a year, we we saw that yeah, there's definitely um well, there's definitely a market for it, and then actually, uh, people were in the US, they were buying my products. So mm-hmm. yeah, so we've gone from strength to strength. So we, that's what I do uh, full time actually in in Malaysia. Okay, and so you know, you set up the business in America, like you know, like what what prompted that decision? Because you weren't there, so you know, like what mm. made you say like this will be actually the best, you know, the the best place for us to go ahead and do that at the moment? And you know, were you ever worried about like the business, you know, like any business, like the business not doing well because a you're not there. And, you know, like B, you know, th- this is something that really this is like a new endeavor for you. Yeah, it's it's, it's really challenging. And, and it's uh, it's amazing that, that now nowadays you can actually do all of this remotely. I mean, mm-hmm. it is challenging. You, there mm-hmm. are like, things that it, it would be much easier if I was there on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there would be other things, you know, things I would do slightly differently. The, the reason I set up in the US is because I wanted to produce the supplement in the US because I knew I, I would have confidence that the product is actually what it says it is. Mm-hmm. And I can do all the third party testing and everything there. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I had it produced, say, in Asia, which yeah, it probably could be cheaper to manufacture here, but mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, there's the issue of uh, the safety and whether or not you know, it, it's, it's going to be fine. And I, I wanted that sort of peace of mind. Plus, at the end of the day, the market size in the US is, is huge in comparison mm-hmm. to, say, Malaysia or, or Singapore. Mm-hmm. So it sort of made sense, really, to set up there. Now, originally, I didn't set up the company there. I, I, I actually had a, a Hong Kong company, but it soon became very clear that actually, if I wanted to grow the business, I had to have a US company. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just for simple things like, you know, um, uh, actually payment processing, mm-hmm. payment processing, um, having a merchant account in one country selling to uh, selling to another is challenging. And, and U.S. banks would often wonder what this transaction from uh, Hong Kong is about, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So in the end, yeah, it just made sense. It, it was challenging to set up, uh, but we sort of got there, and and so we all set up there, and 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 that's that that's makes sense going forward to sort of grow the business. Hmm. Hmm. And so, you know, like what have been the struggles and joys of being a business owner of this current business? It's it's really satisfying, actually, when uh, we get the testimonials through. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's really humbling because, like I say, I, I developed a supplement for me and I really was just saying, well, what would I like to see in a supplement? Mm-hmm. And then being able to sort of sell it and actually have customers come back and go, yeah, you know what? I like the taste. Yeah, I, I can feel the benefits. Yeah, great. Um, when are you going to do X, Y, and Z? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so that that's the great thing. I mean, I, I'm also enjoying that um, it's, without sounding cliche, the, the mm-hmm. product is not just about profit. Obviously, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to make a profit and I need to make a profit, but I've actually taken the view because I actually want I, I take the product and also my my uh, parents actually do so I've got an invested interest in making it the best product that is commercially viable um, and that's that's what I've done so it, it's great to know that now that we're going we're going to release more products this year and actually now I know what I want to take and because of feedback from customers I know what uh, other customers want to take as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so it's great. Uh, not every day is a sunny day, <laughs> even mm-hmm. in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, there are challenges, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, with the recent, well, the last few years, there's been some minor logistics issues, um, certainly with, uh, you know, c- uh, courier companies and selling actually mm-hmm. from the US to Australia into U- the UK has been challenging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in the length of shipping times and uh, and supply chain with with some ingredients uh, it has been tricky but but thankfully actually um, we've had we've had our best year last year even despite these these issues mm-hmm. so, and yeah. so how did you come about like what was going to be like you know the best ingredients to to like make the the best mix or not best ingredients but like the best like mix mm-hmm. of items for your supplement like because you weren't in America so where did you find the resources that you would need to you know like all the things you need to successfully start a business you know like you know accounting and legal and you know like all the logistics of the manufacturing like how how did you how'd you find all that yes online but mm. like how how did you really find all that <laughs> yeah I mean I had um I, I've got a few friends that that actually are in the supplement business they're in the UK mm-hmm. so I did sort of ask around and in the end it was a case of um yeah just just contacting and actually speaking on the phone to sort of three or four manufacturers Mm-hmm. Um, I have changed. I mean, we've used two manufacturers and we've used three, three PL companies, you know, this is mm-hmm. third party logistics companies. Mm-hmm. So we, we've had to sort of change a few times to, to sort of get it right. Uh, and so I met, you know, we made mistakes on, on the way and, and, you know, we've looked to rectify that as we go. But I mean, in terms of the ingredients, um, what what I did is I I after I tried I tried a number of products actually, and I looked at what was in there, and then mm. I thought, well, let's 
let's really deep dive into pretty much the whole of the greens sort of superfood space. And I looked at about 60 or 70 products. I mean, so, so many products in the end. And I looked at the ingredients, you know, the, how much they were selling for, you know, the guarantees and everything about the product, not only the ingredients, but about, you know, the part of the sales process they, 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 they used. Yeah. And with the ingredients, then I just basically went through, I had a massive <laughs> Excel sheet that went through all the ingredients. I looked at the amounts. I looked at then the amounts you needed for the ingredients because, um, a big misnomer with, with supplements in general is that, you know, you can have an ingredient and it, it obviously works wonders for you, but you actually need a certain amount. And like an example is spirulina is a fantastic ingredient, but you need like one to three grams a day for it to have any really meaningful effect. Mm -hmm. So, so if you see a supplement that's sort of three, 400 milligrams in there, it's not really going to do the job. Mm -hmm. it, it's better than nothing but it, it's not going to do maybe exactly what the manufacturer says mm -hmm. so I went through this big list got this big sort of I put on a white coat <laughs> and I looked through all the things that I would like to have in in a product so then that's when I had the relationship with the manufacturer in the U.S. Then we went through each ingredient you know what I wanted to see as a minimum amount and they would you know, they would say whether that's viable, whether the ingredients would actually mix well, would they actually mm -hmm. taste well. Mm -hmm. So that process was quite a backwards and forwards, about about eight or nine months, just mm -hmm. sort of getting that process done. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they then they started producing samples for me, and we went through a whole batch of tests uh, for the taste. Um, and that was really interesting. We you know, we had chocolate, orange soda, mint berries mm. uh lemon so it, i i in the end i went for the mint flavor but we've also got a berry coming out this month mm. so yeah that was challenging as well living in malaysia because the samples were being sent from the us to malaysia mm -hmm. and so that that took some time and then by the time you've sort of done this process you know each time you're testing it takes like a month or two backwards and forwards mm -hmm. so if we were based in the us it, that process would be a lot easier yeah. So, yeah. So, so then like, you know, do, do you see your business expanding into maybe like Europe and Australia? Because um, it's not in Malaysia. So, you know, do you see it expanding into other places? And, and are people in Malaysia able to actually get your product? Yeah, we, we have um, we have customers in Malaysia that are buying and and actually there's a couple of guys that are selling it on the local you know Shopee and Lazada. I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with those, mm -hmm. but they they're like local plate marketplaces where people can sell products. So we know there's a few guys that are buying our product from the US and they're selling on these local marketplaces mm -hmm. um, and they, they, they've reordered uh, a number of times. So they're obviously selling, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is interesting. Um, I, we have customers in the UK and Australia, so I would really, really like to set up there. But one thing I'm really aware of at the moment is, is trying to sell in the marketplaces too quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I, we, we're still, we're, we're doing well, but we, I would prefer that we had more of a foothold in the U S mm -hmm. before we sort of started certainly selling in Australia because it's, it's so far away, but in the UK, we will be looking at fulfillment options in the next one to two months. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and we, we'll see how well that goes. We actually went into Amazon in the US uh, mm-hmm. about eight, eight months ago. Mm-hmm. And that's very, very challenging. It's incredibly competitive. And I mean, if we've just turned the corner literally this month and, and we're, we're starting to see traction now, but it's been a tough eight months on Amazon to sort of get sort of visibility on there and to get, you know, a, a, enough of a, a sales volume to actually be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the plan. We will, we will certainly go into the UK in the next one to two months. Australia, um, we're not sure. I, I, we have customers there and it, it's frustrating because I really want to offer, you know, a really better fulfillment service, but it's, yeah, we need to make sure what we do now is done you know, as best as we best we can before we yeah. sort of expand yeah. too quickly. So, so then like, what's, what's your day to day like, you know, working and then, you know, when you're away from work, the downtime, you know, you mentioned the benefits of living in Malaysia. So then like, what, you know, so what, what's your day to day when, when you're not working as well? Yeah, I, I recently got a sort of a home office. I, I used to have a co-working uh, um, office. Mm-hmm. So I would sort of drop the kids off uh, to school or, or my wife would, and I would sort of jump in, jump in the car with her and then, then go to my co-working space. But because of the last few years, we've had the co-working space open, shut, open, shut. Mm-hmm. I decided to, yeah, just to move, move the office back to home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually where we live, there's uh, an amazing swimming pool and there's a promenade with a nice sort of of range of coffee shops and restaurants 10, 15 minutes away. So Uh I I like to, you know, once the kids are are out and at school, I like to just check email, do some work for a few hours at home. Uh I might I might go downstairs and uh, the joke is that I, I say I'm going swimming, but in reality, I'm going to the jacuzzi pool uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I'm there for an hour or two reading and I come back and uh, do some more work. And uh, sometimes, well, actually, often I go to the coffee shop, um, 15 minute, 20 minute walk away. So at least uh-huh. I, I like to get out, even though the office is at home, I like to get out every day for at least an hour or two. Uh-huh. Otherwise, you sort of get a bit stir, stir crazy. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, when the kids come back, um, yeah, sometimes we go to the swimming pool or, or we, we take them to the to the playground or, yeah, maybe it's just staying at home, relaxing. So, uh, yeah, I, I tend to work Monday to Friday. Mm-hmm. I would say it's almost full time. It probably is full time hours, but but sometimes it doesn't actually feel like I'm working. So it's uh, which is good. And the weekend, I very rarely work. I, I, I'll check. I'll check the everything's running okay. But in, in general, I don't sit down to do any really sort of any work other than just checking a few things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like going back to like your business being in America, how were the clients able to find you, like your business mm. in America? Like how how did they find this supplement? Because you know, I'm sure like there there's many many supplements. So how how were they able to parse through all the others to to find yours? Yeah, I have a um, some contacts in terms of affiliates that mm-hmm. that actually promoted previous um, products that I was mm-hmm. aware of. 
so I did reach out to them and also I I did blog about my journey about creating my own supplement so Mm -hmm. that actually got some traffic and and even now I get traffic from the blog Mm -hmm. that people read about this and and so yeah that's how I started I mean most of it was sort of organic sort of reach so I would I would get people from Google you know organically searching for products or or Mm -hmm. for greens they would either reach my site directly or they would they would uh, end up on say an affiliate site that's reviewed it or someone you know uh, we we tried influencers it didn't really work too well for us Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah it was mostly it's organic sort of search traffic uh, are reaching us Um, we are doing a little bit of advertise paid advertising but it's really competitive and it's Mm -hmm. super expensive Mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean i think on amazon we were paying sort of 20 dollars a click at one point it was Mm -hmm. crazy Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's i mean i I am familiar with the the sort of seo sort of search engine optimization so that's helped Mm -hmm. and i've got a number of friends who work in that industry so i've sort of leveraged their expertise as well so Mm -hmm. yeah but um yeah we we've got a tough job because the other other competitors in our space have uh, very deep pockets Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) so in fact uh, one of our biggest competitors is doing sort of television adverts in the US at the moment so you know for us that that's not going to happen you know we we don't have the budget for that So okay. it's a little bit of guerrilla marketing and, and sort of the SEO and affiliate sort of option at the moment. Okay. I wonder, like, you know, since you've lived in various places, like, you know, what what has the visa process like been in each of those places? I'm assuming it was much smoother in Malaysia because you're married to a Malaysian. Um, yes. But, but then, like, in so many other places, like, what was that like? Yeah, in uh, in when I was in Germany, that was fine. I mean, uh, the UK was part of uh, Europe then, so mm-hmm. it was really easy. It was literally jumping on a plane and 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 then moving there. And 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 that that time, my my girlfriend was German, so mm-hmm. that made life a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I apart from the language, I don't speak German, so that was really tough at times. But yeah the in thailand it was trickier um i did have a i did apply for a multi-entry visa and at the time and we we're talking nearly 20 years ago now so it, it was easier for that type of visa then i mean you could stay for six months nine months and then you, you could just go go traveling for a few weeks or a month and then go back and, and renew again um the visa situation in Thailand has changed massively since then. They they offer a, like a, a, an elite visa now, so you just pay for that visa and you can stay for five or ten years, I believe. Mm-hmm. So these these visas are not sort of, you know, they're not permanent residency. They're like a social visit sort mm-hmm. of visa, mm-hmm. uh, and actually that's that's what I have in in Malaysia. I mean, my obviously I I can apply for a spouse social visa. But we we got the Malaysia as a second home visa, so you had to you had to reach a certain criteria of you know you had to put some deposit some money into a Malaysian bank that you had to keep there, but you earn interest on on it, and then you you had to demonstrate you're earning a certain amount of money each month, 
Mm-hmm. And, and that was effectively, and, and make sure you didn't have any criminal record and things like this. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, my, my kids and I were under that visa, but if for any reason that visa is not sustainable, we can transition to a, you know, a marriage spousal visa. Mm-hmm. We, we mm-hmm. can do that do it from there. Okay. And so, you know, I guess I'll leave off with really like just one more question. So, you know, you guys have been there for a while. Um, you're, you're running your business from home. You know, your kids are, are enjoying the, the life there. Um, so I guess I wonder like, you know, what's your definition of home? And, you know, do you see this location as being your forever home? Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question. I, I see it as home actually. It's although my parents hear that they wouldn't be <laughs> wouldn't be too too pleased. Yeah, um, yeah I, I see it as home, and I, I can see us living here for a long time. And we 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 actually when we moved here, we said it was going to be one to two years, but within mm-hmm. six months, we'd already decided actually we're selling everything in the UK and we're staying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so it, it, it had a really a strong appeal from the from day one. I I'm I'm not sure I could ever say ne- forever because it depends on our kids. Our kids are only five and nine, so they're young. Mm-hmm. And we we certainly see ourselves for another ten years. You know, whilst they're at primary and secondary school age, mm-hmm. we we will we would see ourselves living here till then. And and actually, I. I love Asia that much. I would, I can't imagine not living in Asia. Mm-hmm. So it's likely Malaysia, um, but you know, um, 10 years ago, I had no idea I'd be living here. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, me either. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't it's great, think, isn't it? That's yeah, great. I don't, I don't think 10 years ago, yeah, I would have thought I would have been living in China for as long as I have been, yeah. The biggest thing for me, and it, it, it it's actually been the case ever since I came back from like six months of backpacking in Asia, mm-hmm. the thing that I had in my mind is that I want the the ability to up and live in, in well, in pretty much any country I would like to live in uh, that works for us as a family. I want that flexibility. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've, I had to be an entrepreneur or actually work in my own business because uh, otherwise it is tricky. I mean, you can do it with some skilled professions, but then you're relying on obviously finding those jobs that are in the countries you want to live. Mm-hmm. Whereas, for me, uh, the biggest motivation uh, for working on my own is because I want to be able to live in another country and experience living there for a while uh, it, with the lifestyle that we want we want for us and the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we have it. You know, thankfully, we have that at the moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and love it. I mean, you know, uh, I, I actually... Well, when the kids were younger, I used to joke saying that my best day of the week was Monday mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because Monday to me, I would be starting work and that was easier than looking after young children. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so like everyone would, would joke saying, oh, they look forward to the weekend. I say, yeah, I like the weekend, but Monday's my best day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that, yeah, like that's great you know like to wake up every day and just think yeah I like working on the business I like living where we live so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah definitely uh, encourage everyone to try it 
Yeah. All right. So we're going to leave it there for today. And uh, thank you so much, Adam, for taking the time to be interviewed by me on this podcast, Are We Home Yet? A podcast where expats talk about what it's like living abroad and hopefully inspire future expats to to take that journey into also, you know, living abroad and and experiencing something they never thought they would before. So with that, I'm going to say goodbye to all of our listeners and Adam, and I hope everyone has a great day. Thank you. Tune in to my interview with Amy Summers, lawyer and former expat who moved to China with her husband and two young sons, and after seven years returned back to America to spend more time with her parents. Amy Summers eventually wrote a book, Rumors from Shanghai, about an African American living his best life in Shanghai in the 1930s, who learns about a secret attack Japan plans for America. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to hit subscribe and to stay updated, head over to arewehomeyetpodcast.com. I'm Jalila Clark. See you next time.